This is a Career Channel program from UC San Diego Extension. Visit us at uctv.tv slash careers for videos, employment news, and trend articles to help recent college graduates and those in career transition bridge to better employment. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the newest edition of Job One here at UC San Diego TV. Uh, produced by UC San Diego Extension. We're very happy to have Kirby Brady here with us, who is the data guru for the city of San Diego. So Kirby tells us, I mean, we know you're the, the new head of the performance and analytics department there at the city. So tell us a little bit about what your department does for the city and for the community as a whole. Sure, so we are a, a very small department, relatively speaking. At the city, uh, we're a, a fully staffed, a team of 15, but we are a group of data scientists, programmers, and a handful of Lean Six Sigma black belts. So we do a lot of different things, um, sort of all loosely connected by the use of data. And so really our mission is, is around making the city a more efficient organization, but also with an eye towards customer service. So improving that experience for the residents of the city of San Diego. And so even though we're a very small team, we're, we're broken out into three kind of separate divisions. So the first is our technovation team, and they are responsible for maintaining an application called Get It Done. And again, that's a great, a great resource for folks to connect directly to city services. So we have built and maintained that um, application as a, as a way, again, for people to plug into the city directly. Uh, we've also got our data and analytics team and uh, led by our chief data officer. And so they're responsible for uh, maintaining the city's data, uh, making sure that we're making it usable and accessible for the general public. We also take in some really interesting sort of data science projects through them. So that can be anything from um, helping, you know, the fire rescue department figure out their staffing, kind of efficient staffing models, um, helping our transportation department prioritize their street repairs. So we're using data to really drive those decisions that are being made across the city and in particular the operations. And then um, lastly, we've got a, a really interesting group called Performance Management. And so these are Lean Six Sigma Black Belts and they're really focused on process improvement. So they go into departments sometimes on assignment for six months to a year. Uh, and they'll, for instance, they may go into our you know public utilities department and they say, you know, walk us through from start to finish the way you're doing all of your, your, your programs, all of your workflows. And they're really looking for discrete ways to improve the way that we do business. And the idea is that we become more efficient uh, so that we're able to do and provide better services uh, more timely, more efficiently, and of course, with an eye towards saving money. So uh, really reducing the burden on the taxpayers. So we do a lot on our team. And again, I think, you know, just throughout the city, uh, probably still even low awareness of who we are. They just know us as sort of the data, the data nerds, which is fine. Um, that is, that's who we are. We're the data people. So performance and analytics and, you know, just um, more lovingly referred to um, by name as, as just Panda. So we're, we're the Panda team. How do you see city services changing because of the pandemic and, and issues we're all going through right now? So that's an interesting question, and we're really seeing, in a lot of ways, I think government evolve right before our very eyes. And so, of course, uh, you know, fresh in everybody's mind is the fact that just a few months ago, the, the pandemic brought everything to a screeching halt. And so, you know, for a place like the city of San Diego, it's the fifth largest employer um, 
in the county and we provide a lot of services. So government really is providing services to people. Uh, we had to rethink very quickly how we were able to or how we'd be able to sort of continue operations uh, in light of kind of the circumstances around us. And so, you know, with a, a few months now, three or so months kind of under our belts um, and trying to evolve very quickly, which is really not something government's known for doing is being very agile. Uh, you know, we're, we're figuring it out. And so we're seeing that a lot of the, you know, the, the, the traditional service delivery model for the city, for a lot of cities is providing services in person. Um, whether that's things like um, paying your utilities bill, uh, whether that's, you know, things like coming in for registration purposes. We've got a lot of physical spaces that are providing uh, customer service. And so uh, with the pandemic, obviously, knowing that even as we start to come out of it, social distancing guidelines are still going to be in place for the foreseeable future. This has really forced governments to grapple with uh, kind of this really rapidly changing service delivery model. So the things that the city's thinking about, for instance, are how do we go digital? How do we provide uh, contactless or touchless services and solutions? And so with the city, I think we've had a little bit of a head start. Out of my team, we we run an application called Get It Done. And so um, some people in the city of San Diego are familiar with that, but it's a, a platform that essentially connects residents directly to government services. And so you're able to, through an app on your phone or through your computer, request services for things like filling a pothole. Or if, for instance, your trash isn't picked up for some reason on a particular day, you can request, uh, you, let's say you forget to put your trash can out in time before your trash <laughs> truck drives by, you can request that online. And so, again, we've already had, in a lot of ways, um, been a, a little bit more innovative and had a platform in place. But what we're seeing now is is really the acceleration of bringing more services online really out of necessity. So people will continue, I think, to evolve and kind of change the way that they interact with government. And we're expecting that people will uh, continue to demand new services and new ways to interact with us. And so, you know, again, keeping in the theme here with data, on our team, what we're really doing is monitoring in real time uh, requests that are coming in. And so, you know, we have call centers that are facilitating the the provision of services. People can call in, people can request things. And so when we start to see an uptick in demand for a certain type of service, that becomes sort of a natural candidate to bring that online or sort of accelerate that in terms of transitioning to that to sort of a contactless or touchless uh, service delivery model. So those are the ways that we're kind of using real-time information from customers throughout the city. What are people requesting via email? What are people calling in for? And again, that's really informing how we're changing our services moving into the future. And I think that's a, a trend that will con- continue to sort of pick up the further out we get from from the pandemic. Yeah, I think there's we're all learning a lot from this that will be uh, integrated into our normal day when we look back and go, do you remember when we used to drive and pay a water bill or drive and pay an electric bill sort of things. What what services have you found that you've tried to, to provide online that as soon as this the city frees up, we're going to go back to eye contact, I call it, the face-to-face services? Are there some that, Ooh, yeah. that this doesn't work online? Well, there's there are a couple I can think of um, that I think we're trying to make happen digitally, but we are not quite there yet. And so right now, a great example would be in, in City Hall and in, in the city administration building in the, in the lobby, um, we've got the city clerk. And so for instance, they're responsible for, for passports. Uh, we haven't cracked that one yet. You gotta come in to do all the paperwork and sign things and then take it, you know, have your photo 
hand over your photo. So I think there there will still always be a need uh, realistically for physical spaces uh, for people to um, need to come in and kind of conduct that business in person. But I would say that for the most part, there's really not a whole lot that we can't do online. So we're just trying to get people there and comfortable with it. Yeah. One of our staff attended a, a Zoom wedding today where the, the county now is marrying people via Zoom. I, I mean, <laughs> yeah. who would have thought a few months ago you'd get married via, via Zoom? But along this thinking, as you said, City of San Diego is a huge employer here in San Diego County. What are you seeing human resources-wise, changes in, in the way the, the city is staffing itself and the, the amount of staff they need or, or are they able to save or... What, what's the feeling HR-wise about working remotely and coming back into the You're in your office right now? Yep. And so am I. Uh, <laughs> and, but it's starting to come back, right? Do you, are you hearing about HR policies that are changing within the city? Yeah, the HR policies are changing. And so I think, you know, where we're at right now, again, very quickly we had to basically shut down all the facilities, um, a workforce of 11,000 people, um, kind of disappeared from city facilities overnight. And so I think, you know, like many governments, there is really uh, some reservations around, could we continue to be productive with an entirely remote workforce? So this has been, in a lot of ways, a huge experiment for governments across the nation, figuring out if this is something that, you know, we can pursue. And of course, it's very popular and prevalent in the tech culture, having people working remotely. And we, again, have been forced into that position. And I think what's really fascinating is we've actually seen certain departments throughout the city have very, very good success working remotely, still being productive. And so I think that our HR policies are are going to continue to catch up. But again, another instance where We've been forced to reconsider the way we do business virtually overnight. And I think the good news is for the city, uh, we've not only proven that we can conduct business remotely, teams still can be successful, but again, that we can also do things more efficiently in the way of providing services. And so I think, as the saying goes, you know, never waste a, a good crisis. And I think this is that's realistically where we're at. So the HR policies are catching up. We're addressing that through um, flexibility for, for workforce uh, allowing people to work from home, you know, if and when we get to a place where uh, city city facilities open back up in a larger scale, uh, you'll have people will have opportunities. So maybe they're working uh, from a city facility one or two days a week. Maybe they're working from home and kind of alternating. And uh, the implications for government too is that again, right now, especially being in a very kind of fiscally constrained environment, if there's the the possibility for the city longer term to free up some space, you know, needs. Uh, you know, that, that'll change everything about the way that we work. And again, I think this is a, an interesting point where in, in some ways you see government maybe coming in alignment with the way the private sector has been doing things for a while. So the HR policies are catching up. Remote, remote workforce is a big part of that. So I'm excited to see that. Uh, I am in the office today, but um, it's mainly because it's hard to, to work at home with my husband who's on the phone all the time. Yeah, I mean, we're looking at our company. It's sort of like, the, the reopen date and call everybody back into the office and sort of senior managers. We said, Whoa, why are we doing it? Why are we calling people back in? It's working fine. Why disrupt it? You know, sort of the flip of just waiting till we're open up, waiting to wait up. So we've opened all our offices. People can come in if work and not work if they want to, but they don't have to. And uh, 
I think that's the way of the future that we're going to keep up. But uh, our landlords are going to be unhappy about it because we're cutting our workspace way down. Kirby, tell us a little bit more about um, something we've heard about called the open data portal as uh, something that San Diegans can use to um, to find out more about their city and what's going on? Yeah, it's a really great um, resource that we maintain here on my team. So it's a, a data portal that really serves as a clearinghouse for a lot of the city's most important information. And so we make all of our data um, we're, con- we're adding new data to the data portal every week, every month, really trying to make city data usable and really try to empower residents uh, to be able to use that data to uh, inform any of their decisions, uh, whether it's for business purposes or what have you. But we've got a lot of good data there, a lot of quality data that we spend a lot of time cleaning to make sure, again, that it's really, really top, uh, top, of, top of the line. So we look at things like, for instance, I mean, just about anything you can think of from road data, looking at street repairs, if you want to know, you know, what street work is planned for your neighborhood, information like that. If you want to know where the civic art collection is, uh, we've got data sets for that. Um, Things, you know, getting down into the detail of, for instance, the city budget. So that's a big one, just around transparency and making sure that people feel like they can access and sort of follow along in real time the decisions that are being made uh, by local government. Um, You know, information about all of the requests that we've gotten. So we talked a lot about some of the city services that we provide online. If you want to know kind of where these the work is happening, whether it's kind of graffiti removal or pothole repair, um, a lot of different data sets, really rich data sets there. And then there are a lot that can really help better inform the status of our economy. So we've, we're tracking things, of course, um, like uh, business permits and kind of all of the all of the the activity the the economic activity that's coming through the city. So whether it's licensing and permitting, all of that information is there. And so that again is really out there for academic use uh, for people to be able to look at the trends over time, things that are happening throughout the city. Um, it's out there for civic innovation. So we work with a lot of groups that are really trying to help us solve problems. And then it's also just out there for for citizens. So we do have a lot of people that call in wanting to kind of poke around and investigate things on their own, which is great. So we put that all out on the open data portal for anybody to use. Yeah, I had a friend that used it for uh, to check on undergrounding. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, uh, you know, found it found it very helpful. Um, let me, let's segue a little bit to small businesses, which is I have a passion for. We were we were that once and, and understand their their pain and, and anguish, and depending if you define small businesses 50 or less, 10 or less, 100 or less, you know, it's 95, 98% of the businesses in San Diego. And I think we often forget there are huge companies like SDG, me and City and Scripps and Sharp and Qualcomm. But most of our economy and most of our jobs are really small businesses, either losing one or two employees or gaining one or two employees. That's right. Thousands of them doing it. What, from a city's point of view, what do you, what what's happening in the industry called small business? Forget what it is that they're into. What what is your data showing? Are they are they going to survive this? And what can they do to improve? It's a tough. You know, I think we're in a really difficult moment. This isn't something that's you know unique to San Diego, of course. 
but the effects of the pandemic right now, while we do see the light at the end of the tunnel, it's very, very difficult for small businesses to survive. And so, Phil, I think you hit the nail on the head knowing that, you know, 98% of San Diego's economy is really small businesses. Um, the, the fact of the matter is, is that the longer we've kind of got this depressed economic activity, the harder it is for people to sort of make it through and to, to keep people on their payroll. So a little over a month ago, there was a survey done of businesses that was small businesses that was looking at, you know, how they're really navigating this this crisis. And it was something I think a little over 60 percent of small businesses were saying or, business, you know, generally saying that they need some sort of additional financial support, to sort of augment uh, their revenue because, every, you know, the activities kind of dropped off. And so, you know, that's really unfortunate because that triggers obviously the layoffs that we're seeing. Uh, you know, I think it was in that same survey, about 50 percent of businesses indicated that they were going to have to do some sort of layoff uh, to the tune of 70% of their workforce. And so, you know, not to be too doom and gloom, but I think the reality of it is, is that uh, this is, you know, going to be a little bit more of a protracted event, probably more so than anybody was really expecting it to be. But, you know, there are resources out there and the city is a great resource because of the fact that we received, you know, a few hundred million dollars in CARES funding from the federal government. And a lot of a, a big portion of that is out there to provide direct direct support to small, small and medium sized businesses. So there I think there are resources there. Um, but I think the data is showing, you know, back to your original question that we're hurting. Uh, but I think that the community, the business community is really trying to rally and support and local government is as well trying to support small businesses so that um, they kind of make it out of this intact. So I think, again, everybody's hopeful, uh, but that's kind of, that's the situation that we're in right now. In this survey, was there a, was there a uh, modeling of what percent may not survive this? No, um, not, not to my knowledge. And again, I think, you know, we, I think what we've seen, while I think it's a little bit too early to obviously just to say what the final effect uh, will we'll have on the economy in terms of, you know, who, who stays open and who closes. I can just say, I mean, this is probably more anecdotally, but we are hearing a lot of stories uh, from small businesses about the ways that they are getting creative to, to, to survive. And so, you know, I think the hardest hit ones that you and I know this are going to be your small mom and pop retailers that have storefronts uh, with no, you know, if they're not having simply the same amount of traffic in and out, uh, this is causing them to have a you know significant loss of revenues. But we've heard stories of, I think, positive where, again, it's, you know, people are becoming innovative, taking their, their storefronts online, kind of moving digital. Uh, we've seen a lot of innovation in a, in a handful of industries, some particularly close to me, such as craft, craft brewing, uh, which is now they've, you know, a lot of them have added, for instance, delivery to their to their models. So I think that, again, the small businesses are getting, they're, they're scrappy. I think that's a part of, that's just the San Diego culture. So nothing really in the way of, you know, what, what we don't have an estimate of who won't survive this, but I think we got a fighting chance to keep a lot of businesses up and running because we've got a really supportive community. So there's a bright spot there. Yeah. Just uh, restaurants and small stores along my wife and are making an effort of, of ordering or eating in now. Yeah. Non-chain restaurants that you know there's a there's a local owner or a local couple that is trying to keep their restaurant alive and well, and so the more we can do to support them, uh, the better. The other one I love is craft beer uh, breweries that are making sanitizer. You know, it's and all, sanitizer. all that. Yeah, that's oh, right. Beer. 
rub it on your hands or drink it. But uh, and that's that's a big one. You know, that's a that's a near and dear industry, obviously, to San Diego. So they're doing what they can. But yes, they're making hand sanitizer. They're doing deliveries. Craft brewing is alive and well. So we gotta we gotta help them. You know, hang on until we get to that place where people can kind of venture into establishments safely again. Kirby, thank you for joining us. I think there's so many resources that the uh, city of San Diego has that the public doesn't know about that are available and easy to access. Uh, thank you for joining us and thank you for all the great work you're doing there at the city and we'll stay in touch. Sounds good. Thank you for having me.